Before we jump into today's episode, we wanted to mention that we know that the sound is a little spotty at times during this conversation. We still think that this topic is incredibly valuable for our colleagues, so we hope you'll bear with us. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators, a podcast for translators by translators, bringing you simple strategies to build better habits. In each episode, we will focus on specific habits for translators in various stages of their careers. If you're a translator who enjoys learning about habits to improve your business and lifestyle, then this is the podcast for you. We're your hosts, Madalena Sanchez-Ampalo and Veronica de Michelis. Like you, we are professional freelance translators trying to balance the challenges that come with building a career and maintaining clarity and boundaries between work and personal life. We hope you'll join us in this conversation about smart habits and discover some simple strategies you can apply today to help you build your career and achieve the lifestyle you desire. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators. This is episode 23. Before we start, we'd like to share a smart habit hack from our listeners. As a follow-up to episode 21 on dealing with burnout, we asked our listeners whether they or someone close to them have ever experienced burnout. 88% of respondents replied yes to that question. And here are some smart habits that they recommended. Take a hard stop to rest and evaluate what you're doing. Take a real break and spend time with loved ones. Say yes only to jobs that spark joy and focus on activities that help you recharge and pay attention to rest, sleep, food, and social life. Those are great responses. And I think it's really important to just pay attention to how you're doing along the way and sort of recalibrate. Like, it's not always easy to say yes to jobs that spark joy, right? right. I mean, that, that wouldn't that be the life if we could do that all the time? But yeah. I think when you're starting to feel burned out, it's really time to reassess the jobs that you're saying yes to, or just generally the things you're saying yes to in your life and what you could maybe do to um, redirect some energy. So if you missed that episode, you can go back and listen to it on your favorite podcasting app or find it on our website. In our most recent episode, we discussed social anxiety and perfectionism with Sadie Hall. This is a must listen to, especially in these challenging times when there are so many factors that are contributing to burnout. Now back to today's episode. Today we'd like to discuss professional development, how to choose it, plan it, fit it into your schedule, and implement what you've learned. We all know that continuous professional development is extremely important for both translators and interpreters, but it can be a challenge. Today, we'll share our own experiences and thoughts on this topic. So I'll start with um, the fact that there are so many options when it comes to professional development, and it can just be a challenge to pick what you feel is the right format or subject for you. These days, though, of course, there's, since the pandemic broke out, everything pretty much in person has been canceled. Um, but still, there are a variety of online formats. There are webinars, online courses, uh, virtual conferences, workshops, seminars, and things like that. Um, so I think it's important to not get overwhelmed by all of the options and really try to pick something that's right for you, um, subject matter-wise, or in an area that you know you really need to improve. I know that in the past, um, I have signed up for certain professional development uh, opportunities, you know, webinars, things like that, with all the intentions of going, 
But when it came time to the day or the week that that was going to take place, I had overbooked myself. And I ended up either missing the webinar or thinking it was on one day when it was actually on another, you know, and so these things can happen. So I think it's really important to plan as far in advance as possible, which these days is a little bit difficult because a lot of these professional development opportunities are popping up rather quickly and on short notice, given the current situation with just everything having moved online. But if it's possible to sort of take a closer look and say, hey, do I really have time for this? It looks great, but can I truly fit it in? Or if I really want to make it happen, do I need to rearrange my schedule? What do you think, Veronica? Yeah, that's so true. And it's something I generally struggle a lot with, um, and especially this year. Um, I am someone who enjoys learning a lot. Um, and even before I became a freelancer, um, I've had this problem that I would tend to get very excited about new topics and things that I don't know much about. So my natural instinct always is to jump at every opportunity to learn something new uh, without thinking, do I have time for this? Do I need this information? Is it realistic? Uh, like all of those factors are important. And, and of course, do you have time to implement what I'm learning and do I need to uh, do it right away? And it's just my personality, so it can be hard to control, but it's absolutely important to, um, to control that and to, to plan um, that professional development. And in a business setting, I, I remember, you know, when I was an employee, um, we typically have development plans, right? And uh, we sit down once or twice a year with our manager or a supervisor, and that's how we approach learning and development from, from a strategic perspective, because the company pays for it. And even if it's free, you're still doing it on company time. So uh, I don't see why this doesn't apply to freelancers as well, except you're your own boss. So it may not uh, be uh, as natural, sort of as, a, as much of a natural process as it is uh, if you're an employee. But it is definitely something that you need to uh, do strategically. And it's, it's something that I need to remind myself of um, all the time. And as an employee, a professional development plan is a wonderful thing. You have a clear path. Um, it's so much easier to focus on the right stuff uh, and notice the relevant learning opportunities and filter out all the noise, all the things that aren't the right fit for you right now or at all. And that's something that, again, definitely applies to freelancers, as I have learned uh, through some mistakes that I've made in the, in the beginning of my uh, freelancer career. And another thing that I learned um, from that experience is that it's important to focus both on hard skills and soft skills. Um, I remember having these conversations with my managers, uh, what are the skills and knowledge I need in my work, um, not, not, in term, not, not only in terms of things I actually apply in my work, but um, communication skills, collaboration skills, time management, um, all of these things. And, and I can see that these things can be easy to overlook for a freelancer unless you're actually analyzing your stronger and, and weaker sides maybe and some gaps in your performance and uh, planning to close those gaps. Um, and that's a good segue to the next thing we wanted to discuss, um, which is ad hoc versus planned professional development. So I 
as I mentioned, I've always struggled with that. And there's always so many great learning opportunities around us. There's so many options on how to learn. You don't have to spend a lot of money on it. Um, but it, it's always a time investment, uh, both in terms of spending time on learning itself and implementing what you're learning. And especially these days, there are a lot of virtual learning opportunities that maybe would normally require traveling somewhere or uh, be more expensive as they are these days. So it's important, I think, to even when something seems like a great, uh, great training program or a great webinar or a great article to read or a book to read uh, in terms of professional development, it's important to take a step back and really think whether um, it fits your goals. And it's easier to make that decision if you already have a plan in place. So that's one of the problems with taking an ad hoc approach is that you're spending all that extra time on thinking about it and um, and evaluating if it's a good opportunity for you or not. And you're also running the risk of spreading yourself too thin, uh, which has definitely happened to me um, many times. Instead of focusing and building knowledge in the areas that matter the most and also find actually finding the time to attend uh, those webinars or courses that you sign up for. And it's also hard to budget for things that you decide to do spontaneously and um, schedule the time to learn, to prioritize um, spending that time and money on these things because we're all busy, right? Yes, definitely. I think that's a really important point to make is that if you, if you're choosing things in sort of an ad hoc manner, if you haven't set a budget for yourself before that, it can be very easy to overspend. Um, mm -hmm. Of course there are free options obviously, but you know, when you attend a lot of, you know, online professional development offerings anyway, you're taking time away from, the money making side of your business too. So you have to think about it in terms of costs in that sense as well. Yeah. Right. Cause you can't possibly be working on projects if you're truly attending something that you're supposed to be learning from, <laughs> but also, you know, just in terms of budgeting in general, uh, I think that a lot of freelancers don't um, consider their professional development budget at the beginning of the year. Um, I know I didn't for years. I just sort of said, well, let's see what happens. Or there's this one conference I know I attend every year. I know I need a budget for that and mm -hmm. see what else comes up. But of course, there are some free and affordable options out there. But, you know, you have to sort of weigh the options because sometimes the free options, they're great in terms of, you know, accessibility and timing and everything. But at the same time, are you just signing up for it because it's free or are you really interested in that topic? You know, mm. uh, sometimes when you put down money for um, a course or a webinar or a conference, you have more motivation to actually see it through and finish the course or um, take what you learned and implement it because you want to get your money's worth. So sometimes the free options, while they may be good options or they may be interesting topics, there's, there's not always that uh, sense of, you know, I have to get this done because I paid a hundred dollars for it or something like that. You know, you did put money down. That's not always a, a leading factor, but for some people it is when they say, you know, I'm going to invest my time and money into this, then I really want to get as much as I can out of it. So that's something to think about too, is how much can you budget for your professional development and I think I might have written a blog post on this at one point a long yes. time ago. Did I? Okay. Yeah. I, thought so. I was like, this is starting to sound familiar. Um, 
but it's, you know, this is one of those things that uh, you could be saving for the whole year, right? If you put a little bit of, of money aside every month um, or every time a client pays you, you put a certain small percentage of that aside for professional development. Well, when it comes time to pay for that big, big ticket item, you know, conference or something, you're not scrambling to say, oh my goodness, how am I going to afford this? Or I know I need this professional development, but it's just too, um, it's going to be too much of a burden on my business. Mm. So I would say that, you know, look into the free options, of course, but also look into the ones that are paid and say, what is going to be better for me professionally in the long run? And how should I invest? Because you're not just investing uh, money in both situations, free or, or not, you're investing time. Um, so, you know, that's something I think that's important to weigh as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can personally relate to um, that situation where, where you kind of, oh, I'll just see what pops up. And, um, you know, a few years ago, that that was how I unfortunately handled my professional development. Like, oh, surely there'll be a lot of opportunities. And of course, they always are. But then if money's not an issue, that's good. But if money is an issue, um, it can be really hard to afford really um, good and important things for you unless you've budgeted for them or saved money for them. And so last year, I, I finally uh, opened a uh, separate savings account just for professional development purposes. And it's nice to see how like with every job, the money in that account increases and, and you can tell yourself, oh, I can, you know, these are the things I can afford and this is how I can plan uh, plan out this amount, how I can, I'm going to spend it um, in the next year or quarter or half a year, however you want to plan it. How much yeah. do you set aside for that? 10%. 10%. Okay. Yes. That's very yeah. interesting because mm-hmm. I just had that thought, but I actually haven't done it. <laughs> so it's yeah. nice to hear somebody who has done it. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can see how that could add up over time mm-hmm. and then and then, you know, when it comes time, you're not, you're not trying to just pull that from your regular business. Right. Account. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, I know that it's there and it's the, the sole purpose of the money on that account is professional development in any way, mm. shape or form. So great. Um, yeah. So if, if it's books on translation or any sort of specialization um, that I'm working with or conferences or webinars or courses or anything else. I know that's, that's where I can get the money for, for these things. That's great. So another thing that I think can be difficult, especially as you're starting out, but actually I think no matter what stage of your career you're in is to find the balance between choosing the topic of professional development. What should you focus on? Should you focus on your translation skills, your interpreting skills, or um, your specialization, or marketing, or strengthening um, any kind of skills that are useful for the admin part, or business development? There's just so many things to uh, get better at. And uh, as freelancers, again, we're wearing so many hats, and it's natural to think of uh, primarily of the skills and knowledge we need uh, or we may want to have for our actual paying work. Um, But very often we're not as efficient as we could have been on the back end. And it could be file management, computer skills, marketing, managing our finances, people skills, uh, and so on. And these are the things that Again, I found it useful to be reminded about as an employee, maybe, or at least have that prompt a discussion with a colleague or a discussion with a manager. 
because there's always this performance review where some some sort of feedback you're getting from people around you. And that's not something you're typically getting a lot of as a freelancer. But there's Mm -hmm. still ways to have that discussion. You can still find colleagues, like trusted colleagues or like-minded colleagues to discuss these things. Or if you have a if you have a partner, a translation partner that you're regularly working with, you can get that feedback as well. But I think it's important to not forget those soft skills when you plan your professional development. And it can be hard because, well, first of all, there's always this debate, well, should I be putting money or time or energy on this versus my translation skills? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also hard because you really need to be honest with yourself because you're not getting, not always getting that feedback from from your clients, right? Oh, I think your communication skills were not very good or uh, you weren't very efficient. Um, so you really have to have that conversation with yourself and admit in which areas you're struggling or maybe some things that you're really uh, procrastinating about because they're you're not very, you know you're not very good at it or they're draining for some reason. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can prioritize adding those to your professional development plan as well, or at least um, be on the lookout for learning opportunities in that area. And in many of these areas, we can and should be looking outside of our industry and just seeking advice and inspiration from other freelancers, other creative professionals, other service providers. Um, I personally find it fascinating to observe and learn about... um, how people handle all of these things. As I myself purchase services or interact with potential service providers, it's just very helpful to sort of step out of your, our little bubble and see how other people handle customer service and mm-hmm. uh, managing new clients or managing orders and, and all of those things. It's just really interesting. I think we can learn a lot from that as well. Yeah, I agree. I think I have learned a lot of you know things from Uh, freelancers in other industries, other fields that I sometimes try to take back and say, how can I do this in my business? Mm. It's a completely different concept than the way that people typically work, but it's actually really nice for the customer. So um, that kind of thing. But I think you make a very good point about soft skills. You know, I mean, even just certain business skills like (laughs) um, negotiating, it's always a tough one for translators uh, for sure. You know, you and I took part in um, Susie Jackson's course. Um, and it, it was about, you know, budgeting and finance and stuff like that. And I know that that's a struggle for some people um, in some areas. And so I think that there are a lot of things that go into our business because we wear so many hats, but we, you know, either we just continue to slog through the things that we really don't like doing mm-hmm. rather than learning more efficient ways to do them or how to handle certain situations a bit differently or better. So yeah, I I think that's a really good point. But you know, it can also be just really hard to find time for professional development in general. Um, This is something that I struggle with, finding time for certain things. I will say that I have to make the time and put it on my schedule if I'm going to do it. Otherwise, I find that it doesn't get done. Just like most things, you know, um, it seems funny because you think, well, professional development, we all need it or professional development. I need a certain number of, you know, continuing education points per year, whatever it is. I'll just make sure I get it done. Well, if we don't actually schedule these things or take something else off of our schedule to make them happen, then we just can, you know, keep pushing them aside or kicking that can down the road. 
Uh, and eventually at the last minute, we're struggling to find something that fits or that we're interested in or that we feel like we should invest in. So it's sort of the opposite issue from having too many options to, okay, now there are options, but I need to find the time. Uh, and so I think that's something to also think about, you know, maybe one one time a month, the beginning of a month or the end of a month, say, look forward to the next month and say, okay, what do I have on my schedule this month for professional development? Um, if there's nothing, maybe there's something that I could look into that could be useful. And I think I've talked about this before on, on Fridays, I like to do professional development type of work. Um, if it's catching up on a course that I'm enrolled in or something like that, because Fridays tend to be a little bit quieter most of the time. Yeah. Um, I find that I can catch up on, you know, like a course uh, lecture or something like that. But yeah, finding time can be difficult. And if it's something you're really interested in, it can be a lot easier to make the time, right? Because, you know, it's exciting. It's fun. It's um, something that holds your interest longer than, you know, a course or a webinar or a conference that maybe you just think, well, I need this, but I'm not that interested. So I think that we could find ways to schedule it in, but maybe also incentivize ourselves in a way, um, you know, make it kind of fun for yourself. If, if you um, can make the habit of, of working in a professional development um, offering once a month, you know, maybe by the end of the year, you reward yourself with, I don't know, I don't know what, but something, <laughs> you know, different. Uh, it doesn't have to be related to professional development, right? But I mean, I think that's a good way to think about it. It's just to make a goal out of it and turn it into a habit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's been a struggle for me personally now throughout the pandemic because my um, my working hours have reduced because I have to take yeah. care of the kids and there was school and now school is coming back again soon. So I've been mm-hmm. I've had to um, I've had to get creative about finding time for professional development um, and it took a while. It was a really like it was a big struggle. Just even mentally, I felt like oh, I'm not learning as much as I used to. And then I realized that there are some mindless tasks throughout the day where um, I could easily listen to a webinar or um, listen to if, if there was an audio component, not just the visual component, that I could do any sort of mindless task around the house, whether it's cooking or folding laundry or doing something else. Um, uh, we're exercising, um, going out for a walk, um, anything else that does not really require a lot of focus um, on that task, mm-hmm. I, I could actually make it happen. And it's been working much better ever since I gave myself permission to multitask in that better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I typically don't like to. I think another thing that um, we need to keep an open mind on is uh, where to look for professional development opportunities and what to consider a professional development opportunity. Uh, We typically think of conferences, whether they're in our own industry or client side conferences. We think of webinars or any sort of virtual presentations, networking Mm -hmm. events. Um, Of course, we all know that um, associations are a great source of professional development, whether they're national, international, or local. Um, and they don't have to be translator and interpreter associations. There is a lot of, there are a lot of great associations that we could either be a part of, or even as a non-member benefit from some professional development there. 
Um, I know here locally we've had, I think we've talk, talked about it with you too. There's a great association for business communicators. Um, mm-hmm. There are many different options um, for freelancers, writers, creative professionals, any other field of knowledge or occupation that fits your specialization. There, there's likely an association or society or some, some kind of network for people like that that you can mm-hmm. learn from. Obviously, there are a lot of MOOCs, um, there's open courses, there's Coursera, there's edX, there's Udemy. Um, I really love Masterclass courses. Have you heard about Masterclass, Madalena? I think, I I think I've heard of it. It's really great. And I think it started a couple of years ago. I'm not sure when exactly they started offering that. Uh, there are actually a couple of great classes there now. They're constantly expanding their library. And for, I think for my birthday, my husband gave me an annual subscription again to Masterclass because he saw I was enjoying it. And there are a few great classes there, I think, for entrepreneurs and freelancers. Um, one that I'm taking right now is on negotiation skills. And it's with Chris Voss, who wrote a book. Oh, yeah. um, I read think his book. Called, yeah. um, Never split the difference, I think. Yes, yeah. I've read it. It's yeah. good. And he's mm-hmm. like a professional hostage negotiator and he is giving this masterclass on uh, negotiation skills in a business setting, which is great. And you can either watch it or you can listen to it. So I've been listening mm-hmm. to it when I, and, and like every class is seven to nine minutes long. So it's totally doable. Uh, you can like complete it in a week or so. I wish you'd link to his book too. I've read it and I've used some of his, his negotiating skills and they really do work. Yes, yes. Yeah, it does um, work. It's, it's a great one. You can uh, find learning opportunities on LinkedIn. They have their LinkedIn learning, I think it's called, right? Um, mm-hmm. And even on other social media groups, uh, like on Facebook, you can search on Facebook if there is a group for any kind of uh, professionals in any field of knowledge. We know there are a lot for translators and interpreters, but you can find a lot of those for freelancers locally or um, in the area where you live, writers, commu- again, business communicators. I, I am a member of a few here in Houston, creative professionals. I'm a member of one on, for podcast editors. And there are a lot of professional development opportunities even there because these people, um, they either share articles or they share books uh, that are useful on the topic or they record videos with demos or I mean you name it there's there's a lot there too um what I also like to do is um and that's something I did when I got started as a as a freelancer and I identified the areas of my specialization I sort of looked back and I thought well when I worked in that field as an employee where did I go to learn about this topic Uh, like Mm -hmm. if if when I was an employee in a business and I wanted to learn more about human rights, where did I go? And, you know, I remembered and I found, researched some NGOs that had great courses for pretty low fee on human rights. And I think that's typically not where I might always go. It's like, where would I clients go to learn about this? Mm-hmm. And it could be industry publications. Um, I think if, if you're in the same boat as me and you ha- had a change of career um, and you're still working in that specialization, it's important to maintain contact with your former colleagues and just follow the news and latest developments and just maintain your professional network so you're um, aware of any uh, learning opportunities that arise through that too. Um, here in the U.S., uh, the local school dis- districts may offer community education classes, which are typically either free or for a very low fee. Um, and there is a variety of topics. There's always 
something useful you can find there that could be professionally useful, whether it's computer skills or, or something else. Uh, libraries, community colleges um, are typically more affordable too. And of course, reading. Reading is a form of professional development too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now we can add podcasts yeah. to that list as well. So there's a ton of options. And uh, I think it's important to keep um, an open mind to the format and the source of professional development um, to make sure that it fits with our current situation and our availability and goals, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, But something else that we have to remember about um, all these wonderful professional development opportunities is um, how to implement what we've learned and to remember to actually take the time to implement. I think that's something that everybody probably experiences after they go to like a big conference or something. They come home all excited to implement the things they've learned. And it either becomes very overwhelming or we get busy with other things and just we get sidetracked. And then to go back to it later can be really difficult. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about a course right now that I started. I got halfway through it and I stopped because I got busy. And I keep remembering, oh, I need to go back and finish that. That's really important. I need to do that. But of course, I haven't scheduled it, so it hasn't happened. Um, but, you know, it can become just also overwhelming to um, – be learning something new and, and at the same time, try to implement what you're learning. Mm. Um, there are some courses and, and things like that where you are implementing as you're taking the course and people often feel like they're getting behind if they're not able to do the implementation piece. So I always tell the people who take my course, you know, for example, mm. I don't expect you to be able to keep up with the same at the same rate that the new modules are released because you know like i teach a course that's six weeks long some people finish it in six weeks some people don't most people don't and you know they come back to me and go i'm so behind i'm so sorry and i'm like you're not behind if you're moving along at any pace you're you're moving forward yeah but the key is you you have to soak in the information learn what you need to learn then pause the learning part and implement what you've learned and then go back to the learning part, soak in that new information, learn, then try to implement it. But it's that thought that I have to be, you know, going, going, going all the time. And I don't understand why I'm doing this because I haven't quite figured out all of the details yet. And so then I start to get frustrated. Right. So that's the thing is that if you have questions, ask them, then implement. Or if you have questions while you're implementing, ask the questions, but don't feel like you're getting behind. And this is sort of um, an easy thing to do. They say that people who take online courses, oftentimes the majority never finish them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a lot of the issue is that we have these great intentions to take these courses and, you know, implement them, do new things, learn something new that's helpful for us. But if we're not fully motivated or we're not seeing results right away, we can start to fall off the wagon a bit and say, well, I'll deal with it later. And then we never go back to it. And so I actually had written a blog post about this as well. Um, And it's part of my, what I call my COVID-19 series. (laughs) Um, It's called Learning Versus Implementing, A Simple Strategy to Start Taking Action in Your Freelance Business During the COVID-19 Pandemic. 
And basically I was touching on the fact that there's a lot going on right now in terms of professional development and there's a lot to be learned and there always will be, but you have to sort of think about it like two dials. Uh, there's a learning um, dial and an implementing dial. And when your learning dial is high or set to high, then you have to turn your implementation dial down, right? Because you can't possibly be constantly learning at a high level and implementing at a high level. Yeah. Not for very long, at least. I mean, maybe for a little while you can get away with it, depending on what it is. But most people can't do that because we have other things going on in our lives too, right? We can't mm. just be, even though we're all lifelong learners, yeah. <laughs> just, we, we have other things to do as well. So it's just not... Um, feasible most of the time. So you've got to be flexible and, and say, okay, at this point, I'm going to, to learn and then I'm going to schedule time to implement. And I think that that is really sort of a, a cyclical process is to keep going back to, okay, now it's time to learn and take that implementation dial down. Mm. So that would be what I would recommend when it comes to um, remembering to implement what you can, what, you, what you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. We should link um, to that blog post in the show notes as well. Sure. So I think at this point, we, um, we agree <laughs> and we know that planning your professional development is key. Um, and that's uh, where I think the fun starts. Um, and it's all about finding the time to sit down and take a look at um, the past year or past six months or three months, however long you want to uh, work with and just really think of what went well for you work-wise during that time. Uh, what were some of your accomplishments? Where do you see gaps? Uh, where do you see some areas where you struggled or underperformed? Um, and f- remember to focus both on hard skills and soft skills. Um, and then think forward and think, where do you want to be in the next six months or year or three years, whatever your timeline is, uh, whatever period you want to work with uh, professionally and in terms of skills and knowledge, what do you need to have accomplished or learned during that time? And then um, how do you get there? What specific goals can you set to narrow down um, what you need to learn in that time and what the timeline would look like? I think that's uh, really the best way to do it rather than ad hoc and, and hoping for the best and seeing what comes. Definitely. Um, and I think too, you know, there's a lot just going on right now in general with the pandemic that so much has gone online that I think there are even more opportunities now yeah. than ever. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to change. I think that's just going to continue because right. people have truly realized the power of technology. And I think that this is this experience is going to change so much about the way we take in information, the way we learn, the way we um, interact with one another. Mm. And so I think it's important to make the best of the virtual training opportunities that are available, but also know that if we can't fit it all in, or we can't take that one course or attend that one webinar that we really wanted to, I mean, these opportunities will come back up again or something Mm -hmm. different will come up. It's not like it's, you know, never going to be available again. I took a course. um, I think it was in May through uh, Corinne McKay's training for translators and it's called medical concepts and terminology for translators and interpreters Mm -hmm. in, it was 
given by another translator, Michelle Hansen. So if anybody knows Michelle, she's a medical translator and she also uh, believe works in the area of life sciences like I do as well. And boy, this course was one of the best courses I've ever taken. And I've told all of my medical translator colleagues about it, everyone. Like if this comes up again, you have to take it. But you know, it's, it's important to, I guess, spread the word about the courses and the webinars and the online offerings that you enjoy so that other colleagues can enjoy them too and learn from them. But at the same time, you know, you have to remember that if you can't fit something in right now, it could very well come up again. Like they're going to give another one of these, I think the same course, I want to say in the fall. Mm. So um, I think it's in the fall. So, you know, it's, it's just something that you have to say, okay, well, maybe the timing just isn't right right now. And with everything going on with the pandemic, I mean, yes, there are more opportunities available, but it's not like they never will be again. I think we, we've, we've gotten into this sort of mindset, like, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people are in the mindset right now with the pandemic that, you know, oh, this might not happen again, or mm-hmm. because this is such a weird experience that we're all yeah. in, you know? Yeah. And I think we have to be careful not to overwhelm ourselves or, um, you know, like a topic yes. of our past, our past episode <laughs> about burnout, you know, it's, it could be easy to become burned out from these types of things. So yeah. It's it's good to take it in stride. That's so true. It's overwhelming enough, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a lot to think about. And in in our freelance career, professional development is is but um, an ele- element of it. But it's an important one, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot to say about um, planning it properly. So that's what we talked about today. Um, just to recap, budgeting for professional development and finding affordable or free options, but also with a caveat that free is not necessarily but the best fit always. And there's um, good sides of paying for something as well um, in terms of accountability and actually um, finding and prioritizing and finding time to, to do it. Um, we talked about finding the balance between uh, working on your translation or interpreting skills versus all the other skills like marketing, admin, business development, uh, communication skills, and so on. Uh, we talked about finding time for professional development, uh, where to look for uh, professional development opportunities, how to remember to implement what you've learned, um, how to organize that planning process and what what steps would you take um, in order to plan your professional development. And I think that would really fit well into um, a business retreat that we talked about in one of our past episodes, episode eight on setting right. goals um, and just take, you know, make professional development an element of, of that business retreat and, and, uh, and, have a planning process around that. And that's something that would also lend itself well to doing with a colleague, even virtually, um, and exchanging ideas on various professional development opportunities and also giving, like discussing and giving feedback, it, especially if you work together as well on mm-hmm. what things could one focus on. Yeah, so we talked about a lot of different areas and shared a lot of tips today on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, we hope that this episode gives you some new ideas on how to be strategic about professional development and make the best of your time and money. There are plenty of professional development opportunities available, so just remember to be selective when you're choosing the options that are best for you. 
And we'd love to know if you happen to give any of these tips a try, or if you have some smart habits to share on this particular topic. Send us an email at hello at smarthabitsfortranslators.com or leave a comment on our website under the show notes for the episode. And now it's time for a smart habit check-in. Veronica, what habit are you working on right now? So a habit I'm trying to incorporate into my life right now is meditation. The conversation that we had with Matt Baird in one of our previous episodes really reminded me that that's something that I've wanted to focus on for a long time. And of course, the pandemic has um, been hard um, emotionally and on a lot of other levels. So I thought meditation is not a bad thing to try these days. Um, so I use the app, um, I actually use two apps. I use uh, one called Headspace and another one called Calm. I think I like Headspace a little bit better. I like that it can send me reminders when it's time to wind down for the night and you can pick a theme for your meditation. There are a lot of different themes to pick from. And I found that having a dedicated spot for meditation, whether it's in my house, like in my bedroom or um, outside um, in the garden uh, really helps because you're not just, oh, I'm going to go meditate. And like, you know, it's not, it's not something that's, that comes easy to most people, especially if you're just starting out. But just to know that there is a spot that you like um, outside or inside your house that uh, really sets the mood and helps you look forward to meditating. So that's something I'm working on right now. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm continuing to work on uh, my good habit of reading regularly. And when I say reading, I'm talking about not at all related to work. <laughs> um, so I recently subscribed to uh, a monthly subscription box called Book of the Month, mm. which I was really surprised when I learned about how long this business has been around. I had no idea. I think it was like 1926 or something like that wow. that they started. Yeah. And so um, I subscribed, I think the beginning of this month, I got my book already for the month and I read the book in a week. And so I just have tried to read, I set a goal to read 20 pages a day. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like that was doable. And I started this probably a couple of months ago and I stuck with it. I actually make it a task on my daily to-do list within my full focus planner that I, you know, I always talk about, <laughs> but it, it quickly turned into more than 20 pages, which I kind of thought that it would, and I was hoping that it would. Um, and so I typically read probably about 50 pages a day or more. And this book was so good that I was reading much faster than that, much many more pages than that per day. And I really recommend, you know, trying to set a small goal for yourself if there's something you want to do better or do more of and just say, you know what, 20 pages or five minutes or whatever it is. And you'll quickly see that when it starts to become a habit, you will probably do it for longer or, or do more of it. And mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, it's, it's a good way to show that you're not only making progress, but that you're enjoying the process. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's so that's what I'm working on. And so now let's uh, share our popular segment called What's on Your Desk. And if you're new here, What's on Your Desk is basically where we share a gadget, a tool, or something that we're using lately that we're really enjoying uh, or that's making our lives easier. And so for me, it is an app on my phone called Genius Scan, which I know this is not a new app, <laughs> um, but it is an app that I use so often. I tell you, I really love it. It's a free download. I believe it's free. I'm pretty sure I didn't pay for this. And 
you can take your phone and literally scan documents that you would normally need a, a like a nice scanner to scan. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like you, you open the photo app on your phone and you take a picture and then you convert that to a, a scan or something. It is actually a scanning app. Cool. Um, yeah. And then what I do is I just make sure that I'm connected to Wi-Fi on my phone and I airdrop the PDF files onto my computer as oh my I need gosh. them. Yeah. Oh, it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And I've been using it probably for a, two years, maybe close to two years, definitely more than a year. Mm -hmm. And every time somebody's like, Oh, I have to go scan this document. I'm like, what are you doing? You don't need to do that. You just get your phone out. Look, watch this. And I scan it for them. And they're like, what is this app? Wow. And so I recommend it to everybody. I know there are other similar apps, but it's mm -hmm. the one that I have found works just really well. And, um, you can combine scanned pages into one PDF and do like lots of different things. So mm. definitely recommend that app. That's brilliant. What about you? So I have been really enjoying um, an app. Well, I guess you can call it an app. It's an extension for um, your internet browser. And I use it with Firefox and Google Chrome. I found it to work better on Google Chrome. It's called OneTab. So one um, and tab as in, you know, all the tabs you usually have open <laughs> when you're oh, browsing something. Like me. Yeah. Yes. So I've, I've heard about it somewhere and I can't remember if it was a podcast or a webinar somewhere. Somebody talked about it and I tried it right mm -hmm. away and I love it. So if uh, like me, you've ever found yourself with like a million browser tabs open all at once, <laughs> you'll That's appreciate me. it. At all times. Yes. Right. And it's so distracting. Um, but I'm one of those people where I'm like, well, if I close it, I'm going to forget to come back to it later or it's yep. something yep. I need to read a bit later and I just keep it open to remind myself to come back to it. Mm -hmm. So it's an extension where you download it, it installs into your internet browser and it allows you to create groups of tabs in a list. Um, and you can create oh. several. So like you can create some for different tasks you're doing throughout the day, like, I don't know, research for a particular topic or um, email or social media. And they, they are all contained in a list. Instead of being open all at once, they're in that separate tab, but they're in a form of, of a list. So you won't forget them. They're still there and you can uh, reorganize them, drag and drop them. You can delete them. You can add new ones. Um, and I like that they're all contained instead of distracting me uh, all the time, you know, being open. <laughs> That's nice. I should get that. Yeah. So I'll link to it. It's, it's really great. And, you know, I think that could be a really useful um, tool for translators, because yes. if you're doing research for yes. a certain project on a specific topic, yeah, you know, you could keep it all together because yes. that's me. And I'm going between different tabs. Like, where is this thing that yes. I'm looking for? And it's exactly. just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. That's a good one. Yeah. I'll look it up after this. Mm -hmm. And that's it for this week's episode. We'll be sending our email subscribers a summary of today's conversation with the link to all the resources that we mentioned today. We plan to send that out on August the 4th. So if you'd like to receive it, please sign up for our emails on our website, smarthabitsfortranslators.com. If you'd like to be notified when our episodes are released, you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you like our podcast, there are a couple of simple ways to support us. Uh, please share the podcast with your colleagues and friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This really only takes a minute and we have recorded a quick video tutorial to show you how to do it. We'll link it in the show notes. Our next episode will come out on August 11th. 
Stay tuned, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to find out what our next smart habits topic will be. Talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered a simple strategy that you can apply today at work or at home to help you achieve the lifestyle you desire. If you did, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a topic you want us to cover on this podcast, please record a quick voice message and email it to us at hello at smarthabitsfortranslators.com. If you like this episode, we'd love it if you would leave us a review and please share the podcast with other translators you know.